What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Sorry about the little hiatus that we're working on in West Virginia and the service was so, so. But with that, we're back in live action here. Today I'm joined by Kirk Yoltree of Ridge Raised Outdoors. And I think you guys are going to be in for one hell of an episode here. Uh, Kurt and I get into some deer talk, deer talk, deer talk, and I can't get enough of it. <laughs> so, uh, with this episode, we go through some of the goals Kurt has, some scrape talk, uh, some influence talk, and I name this Just Hunt, and you guys are going to see why, man. Uh, we get we get right down to the nitty-gritty. Kurt's got some good stuff, and if you guys don't get anything else from this podcast other than me just talking on and on and on like normal go and follow their youtube channel man uh i support everyone that self films you guys know how hard that is and how tough it can be so these videos he has on there go follow them man go watch them you know that's this is what it's all about guys super passionate about it putting it out there for us to watch and uh, let's stand behind them you know let's get this pa pride behind them and and let's be there for them let's Let's push it. I love it. I think it's great. I'm excited about it. As for me in the outdoors, I got some new shit, man. I got some new stuff here. I got two Reveal X cameras. These things are like damn near impossible to get from what I understood. And what I was seeing was people were buying them for, I think they're like $110, $120 brand new. And dang, guys are selling them for $210 on eBay and, and, and such. So I called a buddy called in my favor and to come to my door bada bing bada boom i got one out already got the pictures coming in from it and i gotta say it's better than my spy point no knock on them but it's definitely better so i'm gonna get this other one out after work hopefully and then uh i'll have both out and maybe i'll even do a review or something on one other than that i also ordered a novix i think it's called the helix helix tree stand I had a little code that I actually got from Kurt, and that's how we got to talking. And I think it was like 212, 211 shipped to my door. And basically, all it is is a Lone Wolf Assault 2 that's smaller and weighs less. And, and if you know me, I'm 5'6, I weigh about 165, 70 pounds. You know, smaller tree stands, that's easy for me to sit in. So. I'm going to give that a shot, man. I uh, would really like to get myself in a DeQuisto 0.5, but <laughs> my fiance and I are in the midst of paying for a wedding, and if that showed up to the door, I don't know. <laughs> that would go over really well. So, maybe next year. Maybe next year. We'll see. But anyway, as always, thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With me today, I am joined by Kurt of Ridge Raised Outdoor. Kurt, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm, it's good to good to be on, and we talked a little bit before yeah. we started recording, but I think we got a pretty good episode ahead of us here. Yeah, man, this is going to be a really good one, and um, I wouldn't doubt if we get into the wee hours of the night here with this one. So not a big deal. I guess I'll just sleep at work tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, so let's uh, let's get right into it, man. Let's let everybody know who you are. Introduce yourself for us, please, and uh, what you do for a living and maybe how you uh, got involved in the outdoors. Sure. Yeah, my name's Kurt Bellatri, and I started uh, Ridge Raised Outdoors. It's uh, we, we do a podcast. I'm the 
the host of the podcast. And then our, our main thing is uh, YouTube. Uh, we got like 3000 subscribers, close to 3000 subscribers on YouTube. And we just do a lot of public land hunting around Pennsylvania, uh, you know, deer hunting, turkey hunting. And then we do some, uh, some gear reviews on just a bunch of different stuff. Bow. I, I usually shoot the new bows every year, do a video on those and then do a lot of gear stuff. Like this year we came out with a lot of, a lot of new stuff on, you know, the mobile hunter, mm-hmm. uh, gear and stuff like that. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm from, uh, Warren, Pennsylvania. Originally I ended up, uh, enlisting in the air force and going in for six years and I got out and then moved back here with my wife. Now we live in Meadville, PA, uh, Crawford County. And, um, yeah, I work at the, at the college up here, Allegheny college as a maintenance, uh, worker and, um, yeah, hunt a lot of public land around here, swamps and and uh, farm country and stuff like that. But I, like I said, I'm from Warren, so I hunt a lot of big woods, right? Like up in the Allegheny National Forest and yep. and a lot of public land up that way. So, um, but yeah, I got into hunting, um, shoot when I was really young, you know, shooting chipmunks with a BB gun and stuff like that, oh, and yeah. really just dabbled into to uh, archery, um, you know, probably soft sophomore junior year of high school so it's been you know 15 years or so but um you know i love it and i really started to get into it when i when i got out of the air force and came home and really started to get into it the first year that i came home i got into it i filmed myself shoot uh, a pretty big pretty big buck on public game lands here in pa 130 something incher and i'll have to give you the link for that on the youtube channel there yeah. it's, it's video so absolutely i'll definitely put it on uh in the in my bio or something and we'll push it out there we all know sure. we all know how difficult it is out here in public land man it's it's oh, feast yeah. or famine you know and i know your area ain't no joke either especially um hunting like i know you say you were hunting swamps and stuff and i i personally don't even have a lot of experience with it and i i do a lot better on on the on switchbacks and and mountains and hilly terrain and all that and you put me in a swamp and i'm, <laughs> I'm just not right <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I, I I grew up hunting big woods, you know, right, mountains and stuff like that, and and then I you know I killed a couple of nice bucks, um, in Warren, and then came back here, and it was like it took me. Well, I did shoot the big one the first year, but it took me a while to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I kind of, you know, just went in the right area, I guess during during the rut, and I ended up killing that big one. But yeah, it's it's totally different here. You know, it's a lot of lot flatter, and then right. when you get into the swamps, you just it's just a totally different ball game. That's right. for sure. Well, man, one thing I want to get right into with us is this, this year, man, we're right now we're in July. I think today's date's July 12th. And what, what do you normally do in the off season? I know that you're crazy about hunting whitetails and I am too. What is kind of like your regimen? You know, when do you hang it up um, at the end of the year? And then what, what do you, you know, what do you get into then? Do you are you, are you scouting? Or are you working out? You know, trying to keep yourself in shape. You know, for hunting season. Are you practicing climbing around the yard or anything? What are you up to after the season's over? Well, I coach wrestling in the in the winter, so that keeps me in pretty good shape. Um, I'm the assistant wrestling coach for Sagertown High School here, nice. um, up in Northwestern PA. But so I, I coach, so that keeps me in pretty good shape. But you know, whenever I have the time, I usually just try to get out 
my my favorite time to scout is like February March time, and you know when there's a little bit of snow on the ground, and you can kind of find buck beds and and find sheds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's really my favorite time to be out scouting. Um, so you know during the winter, that's what I'm doing is whenever I can get the chance to get out and walk a few miles and put some boots on the ground and and get out and and scout a new area, I do that. But yeah, then when it comes around to like springtime, I'm getting myself into turkey hunting but i'm also i I still have deer in my mind that's for sure so you know i'm I'm still marking spots that you know have pretty good beat down trails or i found sheds in the in the spring spring gobbler hunting too which is pretty cool and then i'll mark that on my phone but i do a lot of stuff on my phone i'm i always got my phone out on a hunt stand and just marking spots and you know good areas to to look at in the summer and then into, into the fall so but yeah, right now, pretty much, um, I'm just running all my cameras right now. I got like 15 trail cameras out, which isn't, which isn't too much, but, um, I should be getting a couple more here. It's so hard to get those tactic cams right now, <laughs> deals, those cell cams, yeah. like impossible. So I've been waiting guy that I used to work with is supposed to get me like five or six of those. So yeah. I'm waiting on those, but right now I have one cell out and then the rest of them are just, you know, regular SD cards. So I, what I do, what I usually do, I say it every year, but it usually doesn't happen, but I've, I've done a pretty good job this year is, you know, I put my, uh, my regular cameras out the end of June and then, uh, you know, I'll give them like two weeks, check them to make sure everything's good. Battery's good. Yep. You know, I'm not getting, not getting false triggers and stuff like that. Right. And then I'll, I'll just let them soak till uh, like the end of August. So I'll, I'll let them soak for a good two months end of August, early September. And then what I'll do is I'll transition some of those cameras on, on some scrapes. Yeah. So, cause that, that's when they usually really start tearing up those scrapes in September and October. But a lot of the times, you know, with, with hunting public land and in, in PA, you're not allowed to bait. So, that's right. Um, I'll just I'll just put a lot of my cameras off trails or, you know, close to water in the summer, like cricks or whatever. And then a lot of them I'll just make mock scrapes, and I'll usually get inventory on bucks, on bucks doing that. So now we'll we'll just keep it to scrapes there because that's that's an interesting subject for me, and I'm I'm the kind of guy that's going to use a scrape to get inventory. You know, I'm gonna I'm yep. gonna see what's coming through, uh, not so much maybe to hunt it, and I'm not opposed. To hunting it at all but um what i started doing and i mean maybe this is something you're familiar with maybe it's something you do too but i seen a uh a jeff sturgis video years ago and he had hung a vine in the woods and i said you know there ain't no way that that works out well because you know they're in michigan you see this stuff go on here and there and you're like listen i'm from pennsylvania this is a hard place to hunt like you just can't do random stuff right so I went out and I hung a vine and it's about waist high, maybe a little bit higher, belly button high, which <laughs> I'm five, six, ain't very high for me, but, um, same here, <laughs> dude, I couldn't believe how many does I had coming to hit that. And then oh, when, yeah. when the season progressed and the season actually started, those bucks were all over it. And I'm not saying so much to hunt it, but I got way more pictures by doing that than I did on yep. a normal scrape. I can promise you that. Yeah, my buddy Andrew, uh, who who I've been hunting with since last year, um, it's kind of funny how we met. 
we were hunting the same public and he got me on his camera. He's like, was this you? And I'm like, yeah. And then we started hanging out and then we, we've been hanging out ever since. But anyway, he was running a vine. He was running a vine on one of the public lands yeah. with it, one of his cameras last year. And he got a lot of inventory on, on the bucks in that, in that certain area. And I've never, I've never personally ran a vine cause I, I usually just make mock scrapes. I'll find like a good licking branch and break it and then right. tear the ground up and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, and I usually get pretty good inventory on that, but I, I really would like to try like one of the vines way back um, on like a swamp island or something right. and see you know, what inventory I do get. Maybe throw a cell cam on it or something because some of those areas we have to like kayak out to because mm-hmm. they're so hard to get to. Yep. And But uh, yeah, I, I would like to try that, man. I, I've heard really good things about those, those uh, mock scrapes with the vine hanging down yeah yeah i highly highly recommend it and i'm pretty skeptical to certain things you know like i but i'm open to trying a bunch of things and that was definitely one of the best things i've done for public land for sure um just because you know with the i don't have a lot of pressure on a private i mean there is pressure because my uncles use the four-wheelers and all that stuff but uh for the most part i really don't have problems getting pictures of deer as for the swamps i couldn't tell you where to put it but yeah i would say you know like an island i'm sure that that would work well you know for for me, I always just try to find the best uh, kind of bench system that I can find, and that usually seems to always. I mean, I feel like you could be a nobody, and someone's like, "Hey, how do you hunt deer in hill country?" And you tell them, "Well, just find a bench and hang out, and some point you see deer." Yeah, some point, yeah, for sure, because they'll they'll use that for transition for sure. But a lot of the times when I'm making my mock scrapes, I just find a couple trails that meet close to bedding. Yeah. You know, if it's in the summer. And then I'll stick a mock scrape right off of it because eventually you're going to find a scrape off that trail anyway. Right. So I'll throw a mock scrape off of it and then it'll, it'll suck those, suck those deer right into that one spot. And then you can get inventory on them without illegally baiting or whatever. Right. And I know that's why I love mock scrapes. Yeah. And I know we all run into that on public, you know, you'll be scouting or something. You'll be like, son of a bitch. You always run into a pile bait somewhere or, Oh, I've done it before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even on game lands, I did it. Yep. So it's like, what the heck? Yeah. I've always, I've always run into it here and there, which, you know, it, to each is their own. I ain't none of my business, honestly, but I like to see people follow the rules, but yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, man, that's that's definitely a, a good start. You know, that's that's pretty similar to what I do. I get them cameras out, you know, like beginning of July. Uh, the only thing that sucks, you know, is this time of the year. I don't know how your area is, but I know this year I'm in Cambria County and the ticks are not. I mean, they're bad. They're pretty bad. Oh, yeah, they're bad. And, and it's funny you said that because I just got tested last Thursday yeah. and I found out Friday friday evening that i tested positive for lyme oh so i have lyme disease right now but uh, but i'm good to go man you know uh god's been good to me it's just uh you know i i got got the results back quick and i'm just glad it wasn't something crazy you know because i dude i was like i was pretty sick there for like two weeks yeah didn't know what was going on you know had really bad back pain and neck pains and uh I just, I was like, I got to go to the doctor. So, and I got tested last year. Didn't have it. Cause I'm always out in the woods, you right. know, us. Oh yeah. White tail guys. So yeah. we're always out there and always having ticks on us. So I ended up getting tested and they just, they told me I'm positive. So they ended up just giving me antibiotics and I really, I've honestly felt pretty good the last day or two. What did they give you the, uh, 
the bad. Doxy, doxy cycling or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They just do like a 10 day cycle. You just take two pills a day and they said you should be good. But luckily, like I, I caught it early. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm good to go. But people that leave it and just let it be and stuff and not catch it early, mm-hmm. that's when you can be really screwed. Like you can get into some bad stuff there. So yeah. yeah. Early and you should be good to go. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, with that, I'm, what is your normal regimen? I mean, you go out, do you use like Sawyer's or anything or you tuck it yep, in? Like I actually your... have some Sawyer's right next to me. I, I just buy it at Walmart, dude. Like yeah. Sawyer's, uh, permethrin, yep. spray that on my clothes. Um, you let it soak for like 24 hours and then that should last you a few months. Even I've even heard that you, you can even wash your clothes a few times and it should, it should withstand the washer and dryer. So, but, but it, it'll give you enough for like a full year. So I'll spray like half of it during the summer. Cause that's when it's worse. And then sometimes when I go out Turkey hunting, you know, I need to be spraying myself down cause there's a lot of ticks in the spring as well. Oh, so, yeah. but that goes back to what you were saying too. And that's probably why you enjoy scouting so much in February and March. Cause I'm on the same boat. I really enjoy that too. Plus, you know, like you got your cabin fevered at that point. You're like, man, I got, I got to get back in the woods, even though the second yeah. season probably just end. Cause I know, I know for me and my brother, like we're big flintlock guys. We, we can't get enough of it. You know, we save our yep. dough tags for the end of the year just so we can miss does several times a day with flintlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy the woods that time of the year and, uh, going into this time of the year, you know, I always see these spots and I think, you know, man, I'd really like to get in there. And then next thing you know, I'm like, Hey, no ticks. All good. I wake up the next morning and I'm covered in poison ivy. <laughs> Oh, and that's another thing. It's funny you said that I have poison ivy on my on my arm right now. Yep. A little tiny patch, but I don't even know how the heck I got it because yeah. I don't have it anywhere else. I must have just trampled into it like last week or something. And yeah, like what the heck? But yeah, I'll tell you a story about the poison ivy, and I'm pretty allergic to it. I usually get it three, four, five times a year. Um, yeah, which just I, I just tell people well, it just comes comes with the hobby. You know what I mean? But I uh, I did some weed eating. And it was about a week after I had thrown my clothes just on the porch. Well, I went out and grabbed them and threw them in the dry or in the washer. And when I come back in the next morning, uh, right up and down my arms, and I was not in the woods at all that day. And I know it just was laying on them clothes. So them, oh, I bet. them oils, yep. you know, you never know where they can come from, really. I know. Yeah. It seems like it's kind of seems like it's been kind of bad this year. I've known a couple people that have had poison ivy but you just got to watch it i guess it just depends on how allergic you are i usually don't get it that bad this is probably the first time i've had it in a couple of years probably two or three years so um i must have been in i must have got into it pretty bad but that's why i like that's why i like scouting in the in the winter because you ain't got no bugs and no poison ivy and you're just out there just you know got your carhartt coat on and you're just out there trucking around and i don't know i I like scouting in the summer, but it's, it's, it sucks ticks and you got mosquito, you know, a bunch of mosquitoes, especially in the swamps out here, mosquitoes and poison ivy, everything else. It's like, I'd rather be scouting in the, in the winter. That's why I just let my cameras soak and then check them kind of end of August, early September. And then I stay out of the woods all September. So, yeah, I understand. Um, are you the guy that likes to, uh, try to kill a deer early in the season i mean i know we all want to do that but is that is that something that you're shooting to do or 
are you the kind of guy like I'm more I can't wait for the rut man I I get so excited just watching the deer run around the woods like that it gets me my blood pumping you know so good question um my goal this year and for anybody listening you know especially guys in PA like we all love the rut I mean it's just the the time where you can see most of deer and whatnot it's just it's hard it's it's sometimes hard here in PA when you're hunting early season because we're not like the big name guys that have big food plots and a bunch of corn and we can just sit over a field and wait on a deer and like early season and maybe even late season but my goal this year is to to get on a big deer and just push into the bedding pretty hard like the first couple days of the season and then probably back off till late October actually the earliest I've killed the earliest I've killed a buck is I think it was the 27th of October so I've never killed an early season buck but I've never really pushed in very far and I've passed a lot of passed a lot of pretty good deer up in the early season but but my my goal this year is to to use that setup I have and just you know like I said if I have a couple cell cams out and I'm I'm starting to pattern a deer and there's deer hitting hitting scrapes or whatever, probably just push deep in to that swamp and see if I can get it done early. But if not, my, honestly, my favorite time and I've years ago, my favorite time was the rut, like, you know, November 4th through the ninth or whatever. But lately the last, the last like two years, I don't know if it's just my style or if it's just the spots that I've been hunting, but I've seen more mature deer like the 26th of October. Yeah. Yep. Till, till about 25th of October ish till about Halloween last yeah. year I was hunting a giant 12 point on public he was he was in the 150s um if you guys follow follow my Instagram he's on there just search Ridge Raised Outdoors but um he was in the 150s he ended up getting shot by the Amish but uh he I, I ended up having an encounter on him at seven he was about 70 yards on Halloween and uh, had a bunch of trail cam pictures of him. I've, I hunted him for about two years, and uh, yeah, he ended up getting killed. But yeah, I, I he was he was very active um, end of September, into that first week of October, and then he disappeared till till the end of October. He came back, and I was getting a bunch of you know trail cam pictures of him and stuff. And then I actually had an encounter with him on Halloween morning. So. The last couple of years have been incredible for me, like the last couple of days of October. Last year was pretty, I don't know about for you, man. I don't, the, the rut was pretty bad here. It was just, remember how hot it was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still remember. Oh, my gosh. It was like 70s and it was just like deer. Were, you know what was happening, though? The deer were breeding. They were, they were breeding the does at 2, 3 in the morning because it was cooler. Yep. And, you know, we were trying, we were trying to go out there in the mornings or the evenings trying to, right. you know, get in some good spots. And we just, I, it was terrible. I was seeing some two and a half year olds and a lot of doe, but just, just no mature deer. They were just all, they were all pretty much tired from breeding all night. So they were all bedded down during the hot parts of the day. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. It, and it's crazy. I was telling you my, my birthday's on November 2nd. So we always go away. Um, cause I we hunt a couple of different States. We try to, I try to hunt three different States a year. And I just, you know, I, I just save all my vacation time for, for yeah. that time of the year. Like you were saying, I really wish that I had another week, which don't we all, but 
that time of the year, that time frame, that October, like that 26 to like Halloween time, I've seen lots of action. And that's when my scrapes, like anything I have, any of my cameras, that's when the scrapes are getting pounded the hardest on all my cameras. And I got years and years and years of trail camera info to back that all up, you know? Yep, exactly. Um, but for me, it seems like I've been killing them more that first week in November or that second week in November. And this past year, we were in the state of Indiana for the first week of November, and it was beautiful. I remember November set, November 1st and November 2nd, there was a snowstorm. It was cold, and we were on a new piece of public out there, and we didn't know it very well, and I wish we would have because if I would have found what I did the next two days, I would have had the encounter with the deer I did the last day. Uh, we were able just to pack up and head to Ohio, and there was a certain track of public that we, we hunt pretty often. And I set up and I had a good 150, 160 inch deer come right up underneath me. And, uh, he, he just, he smelled my ground scent. You know, he started acting weird. He was at about 32 yards or so. And I let one rip at him and I hit a limb. I couldn't see the limb there before I let it rip and I ended up hitting him in a leg and watching him trot off. But dang it. Yeah, man. Honestly, it's the last two years have been pretty tough on me. I've killed my bucks. You know, I, I I've killed nice deer, but. I, I hit this one this past year and the year before that I stopped the deer at 22 yards. I mean, he picked me out of the tree right now. As soon as I stopped him, I shouldn't even have let the arrow fly. He ducked it like it wasn't nobody's business at 22 yards. Wow. Yep. And it was an old mature deer. It was six and a half years old. But the best part of the story is my dad was hunting about 225 yards from me. That deer walked the same trail right up to him and he killed it. This is wow. literally five minutes after I missed it. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Crazy incredible. It was a very nice deer. It was 137 inches. It was six and a half years old, public land deer. Couldn't have been happier for him, but <laughs> that's two years in a row. You know what I mean? It starts to, to, to break your heart. Oh, um, it's been, it's been rough for me the last two years. I, I was on a roll there, 17, 18, mm-hmm. killed a nine, that big nine point in 17, killed a 10 point in 18. Then 19, I didn't kill one with my bow, but I shot that pretty good eight point with my rifle which is the first rifle buck i killed since high school and then this last year 2020 i didn't kill a buck in pa with my bow Mm -hmm. so i passed up a a bunch of i I really should have shot the one buck he was probably in the 130s i passed him trying to kill that that big 12 point but i ended up uh traveling down to texas where my brother's stationed at down down there and there's there's some public land that he found down there which is crazy because it's hard to find hard to find public land in texas but i ended up killing a really good buck down there uh the second night that i was there out of a ground blind that was pretty cool that's also on our youtube channel nice uh pretty intense hunt he was filming me he was right next to me in the blind and had the gopro going and made a pretty good shot at him so that was pretty cool. I, hopefully I'll get him back from the taxidermist. He, he was probably in the high one twenties. Damn. I don't know. He could be in, he could be touching one thirty, but pretty good buck, you know, yeah. old, old mature. I don't know how old he was five, six year old deer. He had like no teeth. Pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's so, crazy whenever you hear two PA guys talk about hunting whitetails, because you know, to us, when we talk about a 120 inch deer, like we're all giggles and smiles, you know, yep. and there ain't, there ain't many States that are around us where it's like that. I know that there's a lot of parts of New York that are like that. You know, them guys are happy to kill. They're more, as you get more North and you probably know this, you know, they're more about the body weight of the deer. They're not very concerned with the antler size. 
Yep. And they, yep. they you know, they want to know age and, and, and all that. Cause I know we have a very good friend that's a guide up in Maine and uh, we go up and see him and I go up and hunt snowshoes and uh, bear hunt up there and whatnot. And it, I remember, I'll never forget the conversation I had with them, you know, they brought this deer out and like they were like beer cans for antlers at the butt at the base, you know, like it was just an eight point and it probably wouldn't have scored that well, but you knew it was a mature deer. And I said, Oh man, you know, that's, that's a great buck. That thing probably scored like 130 inches. And he said, score 130 inches. He said, this deer was almost 300 pounds walking around. And I said, what? Jeez. He's like, yeah, this, you know, this deer. And I, and then I realized, you know, and he told me, he said, you know, we don't, you know, we don't care about, any antler size we want to know how much a deer weighs and i'm thinking you know why well they don't have the proteins to you know not so much proteins but nutri- nutrition's to to get the big right. antler size like like some other places get they don't have the soil either producing you know six acorns on a branch rather than two you know what i mean exactly so but that that's the thing that we talked about before you started recording i think pa well we definitely have the food but we also have the genetics and it's right. just it just seems to get better and better every oh, yeah. year like pa is just it's one of those sleeper states that if you can find a good piece yeah like you can kill a good buck every year but it just seems to get better like my my trail camp pictures like mm-hmm. i get i get bigger deer every year it's just like even on public it's just incredible i just think it's a it's a bunch of things you know i think it's a lot of guys are passing up two and a half year olds because they're wanting to shoot a bigger deer too and then you know you got less hunters and then you also got the antler restriction which a lot of people complain about that it seems like a lot of older guys do but that really has has done a lot for for you know mature deer and and growing bigger deer in pa for sure yeah and i i think that that's you know older people seem to not really like change and I get it. Cause you know, we're, we're just like a deer really. I mean, we're creatures of habit. You probably wake up the same time to go to work every day, drink the yep. same amount of coffee. You know, yep. you, you probably pee at the same time or, 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 or take a poop at the same time or whatever. And yep. you know, everybody's a creature of habit really. And them guys, they, they want to go in and shoot a spike. I get it, man. No big deal. You know, no, no skin off my back, but you know, save, save, I want to say save the deer for this person or that person, but I mean, it really ain't that hard to shoot a legal deer. Yeah, I, no, I, it's not. I mean, if Darn. you're just after to, to go in there and shoot a, you know, a good PA six point that's, you know, two years old, you know, God bless you. All, all power to you. I'm, I'm right behind you. I'll help you drag it out if you need help. Yep. You know, but at the same time, don't, don't knock a guy who's going to give it all his all to shoot a hundred and. 25 inch deer you know what i mean exactly. and, and guys are like what do you mean you let that deer go if you don't shoot it the other guy will how many times have you heard that oh gosh every year i've heard <laughs> half a dozen times a year it's right. like right but I'm, like, i had this i had this guy that i used to work with you know he was kind of against the antler restriction but he was the kind of guy that just wanted to go out and you know shoot a buck for the meat and i'm like i always tell the people well, I, I, I shot when, when you get a guy that says, well, I, I shot a deer, you know, I shot this buck because I needed the meat. It's like, hmm. dude, that's what a doe tags for. <laughs> Plus they taste better anyway. <laughs> so it, it is what it is though. Like I, I'll never knock someone for shooting a hundred inch deer if it's yeah. legal. Yeah. Like I, like I'm just like, I'm like you, I'll, I'll help them drag it out and I'll pat him on the back for it. But don't, don't knock me for wanting to pass up a open young deer because I got a bigger deer that might come out you know, two days later or whatever. Right. So, you know, 
whatever. But I'll, I definitely never do that again. Like I did last year, I, I literally had my sights on one deer. He was in the one fifties and I passed up everything else this year. I got a couple good bucks on camera, but if one of those bucks comes by, it's getting whacked. Hey, so. <laughs> like, like we were talking about before, man, don't help. Don't hold back. Shoot that deer. You live close yep. enough. You can cross the PA line. You can go right over into Ohio. Go over to Ohio. Yep. yep, exactly. You know what I mean? Put some time in another state. There's no no shame in that whatsoever, man. I mean, yep. you know, we got one. We're a one tag state for a buck. And hey, if we, you know, we got the time, we'll travel. You know. And 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 of course, PA still, uh, you know, living in the 1900s because we we don't have sunday hunting so but it it is what it is dude that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) oh my god i was gonna say we're not gonna go down that road because yeah yep yeah i mean once you once you hunt another state and you're able to do that i i think that that logically down the road here i think you will see it happen just because of what they did with the with a couple sundays there now i do know that this sunday that we had for the archery season it was it was shitty out honestly oh my gosh it was how how was the wind yep. where you were at? It, it was, it was probably 30, 50. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. At one point it was probably in the, in the forties or 50 mile an hour wind. It oh. was like, I was blowing around and I was only 15 feet up in the tree. So I was like, Dude, I just wanted to be out to say that I was out, yep. but I knew that I wasn't going to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing, man. I went out and she's like, what are you doing? Cause it actually started raining later in the day. And that wind, like you were saying, I felt like I was at Cedar Point on a roller coaster, man. I was, I no was hunting, I was hunting right off a clear cut, just getting freaking pounded. Yep. And then I remember climbing down, thinking, "Well, I did it. I, I, I can say I hunted Sunday. I support Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania. Here I am." That's literally what I did. I, I think I slept in that morning. Yeah. And I ended up go. I think I got out at first light, and obviously never, never even saw a deer. But right. I think I hunted for two or three hours and I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want a big branch or something to fall on my head because right. it's 30, 40 mile an hour winds right now. That yeah. could be dangerous sometimes. Well, but. definitely right now too. You know, I've had a lot of ash trees fall around me because of the ash borers and, Oh yeah. Um, yep. that ain't, that ain't no joke, man. You know, I know we had a lease in Indiana uh, a couple years ago and my brother and I were hunting in a pretty heavy windstorm. And I don't, I, it takes a good bit to scare me. And I watched a couple of trees fall around me and there wasn't no service. And I, when he finally got to me, he was putting on a drive with me and I had to rifle and he got to me finally. And I said, dude, I hate to hang it up. We're here, but we're not to hang it up, man. This ain't good. Right. So. No doubt. Well, man, what, uh, let's get into what, what are some of the goals you have for this year? You know, I, I know that I have a couple and uh one being i i'd like to really not different than any other year but i'd really like to try to kill on it early yep um other than that i know my brother and i talked about packing the next one out that we shoot on a certain tract of public that we hunt and that's not something we're familiar with so i think that that's that's definitely a goal for us this year too that's pretty cool yeah i i've packed uh let's see one I've packed two deer out. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Actually, I packed two deer out in one year. I packed one, obviously not both my deer, but the one buck that uh, an old buddy shot, actually in the same public out on these river bottoms, um, he shot it the last day of archery, last day of archery, nice nice eight point, yeah. probably 
you know, three and a half year old eight pointer. It was pretty mature. And, right. and then we ended up packing it out. I, it took us, took three of us. So me and two other, me, him, and then another buddy helped us and had across the log, packed it out that day. He ended up leaving it overnight. He knew it died because he filmed it. That's also on a YouTube channel. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good. I think that's got like 20, almost 20,000 views. But anyway, um, packed that out. And then, uh, I ended up going back into the same spot, um, on the other side of the river, second or third, third day of rifle. That was my rifle buck that year. I shot that buck. And, um, we, again, we had to cross that log across the road across the creek and uh got over there packed him out and then carried my rifle my climber because i actually used a climber that that day because there was only like two trees to get in so i had to carry my climber in and uh he had his climber and uh a backpack full of meat and stuff so that was pretty crazy but yeah i packed that year we packed two deer out but that's pretty cool ghoul um that means you'll be pretty deep in deep in some public, huh? Yeah, the one spot that we hunt, um, man, it's it, if you shoot a deer, like we have a rule, like you don't you don't shoot the deer unless it's nice because they run yeah. down this hill, and I mean, it's not just a hill. I mean, these are you know these are spine backs, these are bluffs, and they're put it this way: we dragged the one that I shot. It would have been. Five, four or five years ago and we dragged it out and I don't know what the hell to this day that we were thinking because it took us I think almost four hours to get it out of there holy cow yeah and it was dumb man like we would do like that one two three heave like pull it up over the hill and it never even crossed my mind to pack it out and I don't you know like in that moment you're just like oh I just got to get this deer out of here man you know you're ecstatic right. you're all the emotions in the in the world in your, in your head and yep oh man I the only time I ever did something stupider, and I don't even want to say it was stupider because it was just a lot of, it was a big experience, was my brother shot a bear up in Maine. And, you know, everything to them is like the 40-acre bog or like, <laughs> but when they say the 40-acre bog, it's more like the 400,000 million acre bog. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we shot one way, way, way down in. And the guide got down to us. And he's like, okay, boys, you, you you ready? You know, we're going to get this thing out of here. And we're like, yeah, man, no no problem. Well, the lease that he had stated that he couldn't use any wheels on the ground. So when I say any wheels on the ground, I mean this dude comes down with an army, like, gurney. Like a like a, a four-man army gurney to get, like, a wounded yep. soldier out. And we put a 420-pound bear on this thing. And he would not let us gut it because he wanted to get it back and weigh it. Because it was like fourteen and a half year old bear. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm telling you what. Like I said, I'm five six. I'm about 170 pounds, and this about killed me. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm telling you, man. No, it was you know once we got it out, it was one of the things where everybody slapped each other on the back. But man, I mean, I'm I'm not in bad physical shape, and I was really hurting the next day. I mean, hurting. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but yeah, this this year for sure. That's something that we'd really like to do, and I, it's I've been watching a lot of videos on it, and like shout out to like uh, uh, Southern Outdoorsmen, they have a really good video. I've been studying up on a little bit, and then um, oh man, who was the other guy I had on there? It'll come back to me, but um, just studying a little bit of stuff on there because we butcher all our own meat, you know, and I don't want to have to yep. clean a whole bunch of hair off it and all that other hoopla. 
and stuff. So I, I want to try to get it right the first time. And then like, I'm huge on like, we're not wasting any meat, you know, like we butcher as a family and my cousin or something will be like, Oh, that one's good. And I'm like grabbing it. Like, no, you got to get this little piece off. Here too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. So I'm going to try, try to waste as, you know, as little as I can. And I know it's just something I'm not used to, but it's, it's going to be an adventure for me, man. I'm excited. Yeah. That's a pretty cool goal. But the year that I, uh, you know, took mine out mm-hmm. and packed it out, uh, with, you know, my rifle buck. Um, unfortunately when I shot the buck, it had a, I don't know if it was like an archery wound from a broadhead or if it was just like a puncture wound from it fighting, but, um, it, it, it definitely was going to die eventually. Cause when we were dragging it, the one antler side fell off. I think it was the right side or left side or something. But anyway, um, it had a, a, a big hole in it's like upper chest on the, on the left side of its body. And, uh, it was all like gangrene pus and everything. So I couldn't even, we couldn't even cut off the left side of his body, like from, from his shoulder a little bit down. I think we we're able to get like the back, the like the hind leg and stuff like that, but like no back strap, nothing. Cause it was all gangrene. It was nasty. Um, but so we, you know, we packed about three quarters of that deer out, but you know, you never know. Right. Um, yeah, man, my goals, my goal is to, uh, like I said earlier, get on a, get on a good, get on a good PA buck early. And I would love to kill one. Like, like last year I filmed my buddy kill, kill a deer. I think it was October 6th. So the first couple of days of the season, really nice three and a half year old eight point. But, um, that's my goal is just, just pushing, push into the bedding this year real close. And mm-hmm. if I butcher a spot or two, it is what it is. You know, that, yeah. that deer, you know, that deer will eventually be back in a couple of weeks and right. not even, you know, he'll be back when the time is good anyway, at the end of October. So that's my goal is just to push in, use that light setup that I have and, and get, get in there real, real, uh, real deep and probably hunt real close to the bedding. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, you know, have a couple shooters on camera and, you know, that's my goal is just to, I've only killed one, sorry, I've killed two deer that I've had on camera on public before. And that's another goal of mine. It's, it's, it's been a few years since I've done it. So I'd love to kill a deer that I right. reckon is, you know, coming down the trail. I'm like, that's, that's him. That's so-and-so deer. Right. So that's another goal of mine is to kill a buck that I have on camera. And that's, you know, it is what it is. It's not like it's a crazy goal and it's not like, you know, it needs to happen, but it would be, I think it would just be really cool to, to kill a buck early and then to kill, kill a buck that you got on camera. So, yeah. And that, that is a really good goal and that's really hard to do. You know, I can't say, let me think I got, I mean, I have, I have these deer on camera, you know, but as far as like multiple pictures of them, I probably only have like four or five that I was like really following. Like I wasn't so much hunting them, but I knew if the, if the opportunity presented itself, I was definitely going to shoot them. And, um, That's, that's one thing I preach to a lot of guys, you know, like, God bless you. If you're after one deer, man, I hope that you got broad shoulders because you, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Man, I did it to myself one year. I won't do it no more. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a coyote, man. I'm, I'm just an opportunistic hunter. And when the opportunity presents itself, I take it. Yeah. Uh, that's what you gotta be. You yeah. gotta be around here. That's what I was telling you last year. I did that and I'll never do it again. It's just, it's just too hard here. Like you got guys that like we were talking about before you click record, it was like, 
you got these guys that are hunting they might be hunting public too but like they're not hunting pa right and not to take anything away from pa like it's just, it's a great place to hunt and yeah there's a lot of opportunities but it's just it's so hard to, to unless you have a thousand acres or something of private or whatever like it's so hard to just you know hone in on one deer on public and just say that's the deer i'm gonna kill yeah and i did that last year and you know i had some encounters with him and had him on camera a lot but he ended up getting shot and that's something i'll never do again that's for sure mm -hmm. so yeah man you know and that's that's one thing i think the guys and that's why even like the people that are listening to this right now you know everybody's probably shaking their head mm -hmm, yep yep absolutely because there's a lot of pride that comes out of this state knowing that the guys work as hard as they do for their deer you know, yeah. these other states, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad that they work hard for their deer and everything like that. But I'm telling you from experience hunting Indiana, you know, hunting West Virginia or uh, Ohio. And don't get me wrong. There's certain parts of the different states that aren't as good hunting. But, yep. I mean, I've hunted multiple public land spots on them states. And the hunting is just, I'm sorry, it's it, it's easier. I don't, I, yeah. I, I mean, you can argue with me. It's fine. I'm not going to argue back with you because, like I said, it's it's to each is their own, you know, for yes. different different spots and different experiences and stuff. But just the places that I've went, I'm not just going to stroll on a piece of public here in Pennsylvania and three years in a row run into a Pope and young deer. You know, I, it just it's not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. It could. But my chances are a lot higher in these other states. And I'm not knocking PA at all. I'm just saying the deer in this state. You know, the does walk around looking up in the air. They're looking through the trees and you're thinking, what the hell? These deer have seen yep. people, you know, all their life have been shot at. And, and you, you'll hear other people talk. Like I know, uh, I think I heard John Eberhardt saying something about the mature deer that he shot that only like a couple of them, like two or three of them didn't have previous wounds. And, oh yeah. Scars on there. Yep. I've heard that. Yeah. And you know, I mean, for PA man, I, I've shot three and a half year old deer that have three or four wounds. So yep. They don't even need to be that mature around here to, to get shot at. And they know, you know, I mean, they're, you know, and I know that they know when they're being hunted. Everybody does. Yep. So, yep. and that's, you know, that's the sport in it. And I think that that's why Pennsylvania has such a heavy influence in hunting too, because we do have the deer, we have the population, we have, uh, you know, we have the money to, to back it. The game commission has a lot of money and, and they can, they can spend it on whatever. And, you know, I'm not going to get into this thing that the game commission doesn't spend their money on this and that and whatever i think that whatever they do you know it seems to work because like you were saying my pitchers have gotten better every year yep and For uh, sure. it's it's just a, it's a pride thing i think and i understand it a lot and i think that if you took a guy from pennsylvania that kills 120 inch deer every year and you put him in almost any other state i think he's going to succeed if you give him a week I really do. I can't remember who said it. It might have been John Eberhart or someone on it. You know, he said, I think he said it a few times. I'm pretty sure it's came out of his mouth and a, maybe a, one or two other guys. But, um, you know, you, you, you get a guy in PA that, that kills a Pope and Young deer, or mm -hmm. even 115 inch deer right. every year. That's, that's a two and a half, three and a half year old deer on, on, in, you know, in PA. Yeah. They're a B, they're a freaking BA, dude. Right. They're a badass. Yeah. They, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and like you were saying, you can, you can pull that guy right there that does that on, on public and PA every year, yep. put him in a different state and he'll get her done every year on probably, you know, probably 140 inch deer. Yeah. You're probably right. In, man. in a different, in a different state. Yep. You know, and I'm, I'm not to that point yet. 
Right. You know, I, I skipped a lot of years being in the service and stuff, but I'm starting to really, you know, hone in on certain wind directions and things like that, mm-hmm. which is a, a topic we can get in. I would like to, to point out some things yeah. that I learned Hell that yeah, I learned man. last year. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, and we're not, you know, we're not sitting here tapping ourselves on the, on the shoulder saying, you know, we're from PA, we're better right, than right. Absolutely. whoever else. But it's just, if you've never hunted here or if you have hunted here, you would, you would know, like, mm-hmm. it is pretty difficult. Yeah. And, you know, to, to kill a 115 inch deer in PA anywhere in private or public like it doesn't matter the whole public private thing is kind of crazy right now like yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is like you're doing something right yep yep so, i agree especially if you can if you can get within 30 40 yards of a three and a half year old deer every year and make a good shot on you're doing something right yeah so i mean sometimes i'll be honest with you sometimes it just makes me feel good to get into range maybe not even range but almost into range yeah. on, on a deer that i would shoot and it's like, I'm good for two weeks after that. I don't even need yep. to see another deer. And I'm like, oh, you know, I had this encounter, which is like, you know, it's part of it, man. And that's why I can understand why the uh, photographers, why they like what they do so much too. I can, I can really get that. Um, but let's, let's segue right into that, man. Let's talk wind and thermals because you're hunting flatlands now. I know that you have experience yeah. in the hardwoods. So let's, let's go over some experiences. What, what have you seen and what have you learned when it comes to wind and thermals? Well, so I really started dabbling in, you know, watching my wind and thermals like probably two years ago. And mm-hmm. last year I really, really watched it. Like I had some guys tell me, you know, that they, they watch their wind and they play the wind and whatever. But I had uh, a good buddy and his dad tell me and, and a couple other guys from work and stuff. Like they told me, like, you can't hunt this one spot where that 12 point was at on a southwest wind, you know, because so and so was telling me this he beds up on top so my thing was the deer were bedding up on top of this 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 posted property up on uh, this oak flat mm-hmm. and it was it was completely posted like no hunting no trapping no fishing nothing right like it was it wasn't a preserve but the guy just doesn't allow hunting he doesn't want anybody on there no shed hunting nothing right so they, this is why and i know this is why these these deer get big in the spot because they hide out on that that posted property so they bed on there and then they come down this little incline down on to this another oak flat it's just red oaks but they they smash it like there's a lot of um you you talk about an area with scrapes like there's like eight or nine (laughs) scrapes you stand in one spot you can see eight or nine scrapes around this one flat it's pretty incredible so i told my buddy andrew i'm like we're gonna hunt this spot on a southwest wind and i and i talked to a, a i talked to a really good hunter um, he was a couple of years older than me. Um, you know, we graduated, he was a couple of years older than me and we, we kind of got, um, to talking again last year and he hunts Ohio. He has, he has a lease, he has private and he kills giants out there. I think he killed 160, 170 inch deer, uh, last year, like giant. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I, I talked to him on the phone one day at work for, I don't know, 45 minutes. And he was just telling me like, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it over podcasts and stuff before too. Like you don't hunt, you know, you don't hunt a deer, especially mature deer on a wind that's good for you. Right. If this makes sense, yes. you hunt a, you hunt a specific deer on a wind that's good for the deer. Right. If that makes sense. So what happened, I'll, I'll give you a little scenario on that hunt that happened. So these guys are telling me, well, I can't hunt this spot in a Southwest wind. So what happened was me and Andrew, 
parked and you know way down uh way down the road and uh came in so we were traveling it would have been let's see it would have been we were traveling from let me pull it i'm gonna pull it up in my map so i want to get this right i'm not i'm not gonna try to make something up here no 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 i understand pull it up in my map here so we parked at the bottom bottom of this public okay i'm, I'm pulling it up right now sorry about this no that's all right Take but, it down. okay so we parked um and we traveled east so we were traveling east we parked at the, this parking spot we were traveling east so we had a southwest we had a southwest wind so we had basically it was blowing like at our backs as we were walking right but it was kind of diagonal towards where the bedding was at if that makes sense so we walked up in got up in there and we sat literally within feet of the one mock scrape that we knew a buck was hitting in the nether scrape behind us we did a hanging hunt and didn't see a deer all night until uh until about i think it was like 5 30 like right before dark and what happened was our wind we kept checking our wind with milkweed and it was it was doing the right thing it was just kind of going right up at an angle at a diagonal angle towards where we thought the this these deer were bedding all of a sudden i tapped him on the shoulder i said deer coming and it's a buck and you know he got his binoculars out he goes that's him that's him because he ended up checking his camera when we got to the got to the stand right and you know he had a car he had a, one of those card checkers and that buck that he shot hit that scrape the day before two times in the morning and evening. And then he hit it that morning of when we were hunting there. So we knew he was going to come back that night unless we just boogered everything up. So anyway, he pull, pulls up his binoculars, which this is, this video is on a YouTube channel too. It's a, it's a pretty good video. Um, and he goes, that's him. And he ended up coming straight, straight down. So our wind was blowing southwest he came straight from uh the east traveling down to this scrape to get the wind mm -hmm. um the wind and you know kind of in his in his nose yep. so anyway he came straight down to the scrape and you know andrew shot him at 20 yards and if you would have took about and i know you've heard this probably from byron horton too i don't know if you watched his new his new video too but he talked about this too if that deer would have took about another two or three steps he would have he probably would have caught our wind. Yep. That's how, that's how marginal our wind was for that night. But it worked for, it worked for him because he thought the danger was coming from, you know, where everybody else accesses this public. Yeah. He, he was, he had the wind right in his favor, but the wind was good for him, but not specifically good for us, but it, it was good for us because we ended up killing him that night. And like I said, two or three more steps, he would have caught our wind. He actually, popped his nose up a few times to try to catch our wind but yeah andrew ended up killing that buck it's like a 20 yard shot and then we ended up finding him the next morning but that's what you got to do sometimes to especially in pa like to kill a three and a half one and a half year old deer like if that makes sense like i can explain it a little bit better but you have to have a wind that's that's right for that deer and not not technically right for you but it, the wind the wind works for you but it but it's better for the deer if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, whenever I talk to people about this and I try to put it into words, and this this is something that's, I don't want to say it's new for me. It's, 
it's something I'm getting better at because it's, it's something I practiced, started to practice at least probably about six years ago, whenever I went like fully mobile. And when I learned that I was seeing more mature deer when I was hunting and I call it just off wind. Yep. Then I was, I was really understanding. And then when I really started to understand the thermals, that's whenever I really picked it up. And that's what's really, really set me, I think, apart from where I was at before. And just to give you, uh, give everybody an example of, of, of hunting a wind thermal based spot. Now, this is a spot that I, I didn't want to hunt in the morning. So I hunt, I was hunting in a bottom until about 930. And when the sun would hit the backside of this hill and start to hit the valley, I got out, I'd get out of the stand and take it with me and I'd go up around and access the upper part of the hill because what was happening was that bottom, all the wind would start to swirl because all the thermals were rising. They were going up the hill and the wind was actually blowing against the hill. But with the thermals, the thermals were actually stronger than the wind because the wind was at about eight mile an hour, which is a pretty normal, I mean, that's a pretty normal day for Pennsylvania and I would access up above on the ridge and there was like, uh, you know, they call it like the upper third. Everybody says the upper third. Well, that would be similar to where I was at. And I was hunting above where I thought the deer would be coming. The wind was actually blowing at my back. So it would be for the deer, but with the thermals, I was up high enough where the thermals were actually taking my milkweed back up over the hill. Yep. Blowing it over. That's right. And the day that I shot that deer is exactly what happened. It was at three thirty, four o'clock. Uh, the deer come in just where I thought he was going to come in. I never, you know, I never set any boots on where I thought he was going to be coming through. The wind was blowing right in his favor, but in that spot I was at, I was above where the wind was catching everything I had and taking it downhill and the thermals were just taken right back uphill. And yeah. I mean, it couldn't have worked out better, man, honestly. And I, I recommend to a lot of people to look into that and see that. And my, my father, my dad, he actually doesn't, he doesn't give a shit, man. Honestly, he don't. Like he ain't worried about washing his clothes. He ain't worried about the thermals, the winds or anything like that. But from his experience in killing deer, when you go and look at his setups, if I throw milkweed or if I am trying to figure out what's going on with the thermals or the wind in that area, he's always, I mean, without even knowing it, he's hunting it right. And it's just an experienced thing, you know, like he, he knows where, (laughs) where to hunt from killing all these deer all these years. And it's just crazy, man. Cause it, he don't have the knowledge of, oh, this is this thermal's doing this and this is doing that. It's just like he don't need that. You know, like he he yep. just understands that he's in the right spot and that's where it's going to go. But I would recommend for younger guys like you and I to really put their time in because like I feel like guys that are around our age would be a little more open to learning that and be more patient with understanding that. And we're lucky that there's a lot of guys out there that are willing to even put that information out, to be honest. Yep, no doubt. So no doubt, but yeah, man, that's, that's definitely one way that I would recommend anybody listening to be able to, at least, I'm not saying kill bigger deer because that's killing them is the hardest part, but seeing them, seeing them, you'll, you'll definitely put yourself in a better position if that's something that you practice. I've learned so much just, you know, over the years of just having encounters with deer. And that's, that's what I love about, that's what I love about archery hunting is just, you learn things every time you're out in the woods. Like I learn things sometimes when I don't even see deer, it's like, well, okay, well I I learned something tonight. Or if I see, you know, six or seven deer, it's like, well, why do they do that? Why they, I'm always questioning something. Why did that, 
why did that deer come out of that area and why did he hit that scrape or why did he do this or she or whatever right. so i'm always questioning things but the one thing i wanted to to point out before i forget is you know if we got a if we got a new listener or a new hunter or whatever like make sure you can have the the best spot you can have you know the biggest deer you can have whatever but if your access to that spot isn't good uh you know for the time of day that you're hunting mm -hmm. then you might as well just give that spot up pretty much because you know what i mean access is 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 one of the the most important things with uh you know being successful because we had we had pretty good we had two access points to that spot we were hunting that night and if we if we took the one access spot from it would have been up farther you know the other parking parking spot for that public mm -hmm. we we he he would have caught our wind like right as we walked in and that's how i know uh we did the right thing that night because if we if we took the other you know parking spot and walked up in our southwest wind would have blew right into that bedding right yeah. into that bedding and he would have caught our wind before we even set up so that's the thing about access like if you're hunting in the morning make sure your access is good make sure you're not walking straight through a field with 20 deer in it and you're blowing all those deer out yeah. or if you're hunting in the evening like make sure you're you know watching your wind which way that wind's blowing and if say you think he's bedding up on top or say you think there's deer that you know transition this way like don't just just watch your access when you're coming in and another big thing is like what i've learned in the past like okay well i have good access but if i'm walking straight down a deer trail to get there and i know there's going to be deer filtering out before you know a mature buck does or whatever they're going to catch your ground scent and they're going to bug you're going to booger up your night yep. doing that as well too so a lot of the times you know a lot of guys, especially if you're hunting public, they'll take that main trail in and, and deer are so used to that. Yep. And I think that's why we killed that buck that night because we took the off parking spot and, and had, had the wind that was good for us for our access. And that deer thought he was safe. And that's how, that's how we ended up bagging that deer that night. So, yep, yep definitely, man. That's definitely the only way to really kill a smart, mature deer or, you know, like you were saying about the Amish shooting that one deer is that they probably pushed it out, you know, I mean, oh, it, probably. and yeah. even, even if they were smart enough where they weren't just pushing deer and they were actually just wind checking deer. I mean, some people are smart enough to know how to do that. And that really works for mature deer. Most of the time, you know, either that or they'll go right around a drive. I don't know how many drives I've been on that. I'll be in a clear cut and it's so thick. I mean, I hear them go around me, but I mean, yep. there's nothing you can do, you know? I think what happened with that deer, the Amish shot him. He shot him with a crossbow for one, but for two, it was, I think it was the 12th of November. So it was that couple of days after that, that warm front came through. Remember uh -huh. how hot it was that first week of November? Yes. And then it was pretty decent that, that second week there yep. till the end of the, end of the uh, season. Yeah, I remember. So I think he was just in the right spot and that deer was just, what he told me was I talked to his son-in-law mm -hmm. and, uh, He's like, yeah, he was just, he was just dogging a doe is what he told me and he shot it. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, giant 150 something inch 12. But yeah, man, uh, that's, that's the thing like wind thermals, but you know, if you're not, if you're not, you know, super into that stuff yet and, and you guys have questions, like don't be afraid to reach out, 
yeah. to me or to you, yeah. you know, on, on social media, ask questions. Hey, send me a screenshot of your, of your setup. Obviously I'm not going to know where you're hunting or whatever, but yeah. like if you guys feel, feel free, you know, if you guys feel okay to send me a screenshot of your setup, Hey, what, what, when do I need for this? Or, Hey, what, what access, how can I access this spot? Like mm-hmm. I'm always up. I, I've had so many people over the last two or three years, just send me screenshots or, you know, message me with questions. Hey, I have this spot and I'm trying to access and I've got this wind. And, and it's like, sometimes their, their story and their, their plan is totally backwards of what it should be. And and I'm not saying I'm an expert over here or anything, right. but I'm just, sometimes I'm like, dude, you need this win. You don't need, you don't need so-and-so win for this. Oh, okay. And then they'll text me two days later. Hey, I saw four deer and one was a really good buck and I appreciate your help or yeah. whatever. Yep. So it's like, but I, I always just like to, uh, to help other people out, to help them be successful. That's, that's really what the hunting community should be about is just helping other people, especially newer guys, just be successful. I love getting pictures of people saying, Hey, this shot, this buck and thanks for the help or whatever. So, yeah. And I stand behind you 100% because we have to mentor and it's not just the youth. I mean, Cause there's, there's, I know there's adults out there and I don't think there's anybody listening to this cause I think they would have reached out to me, but maybe they will in the future. But if you're looking for help, don't, you know, there's so many people I feel like they want to hunt and they yeah. just don't like, they feel just overwhelmed with everything that goes into it, you know? And it is a lot. It really oh, yeah. is. But if you have a mentor, it's not. It's yeah. really not, you know, a guy that a guy that's willing to take you under your wing. And there's lots, I'm telling you, there's lots of guys and women out there that are more than willing to help anybody get into this. And all I could say is we're all in that. We're all in that point at one time in our, in our hunting. Absolutely. Career, life, whatever you want to call it. Right. So. And guys like me and you were just lucky that we were brought up in that environment. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's definitely something just... I don't take for granted. Right. A lot of it is just honestly just being out there boots on the ground and experiencing it because the the best kind of teaching you can have is just learning from yourself from the experiences. So, you know, we're we're out there hunting and it's like, okay, I learned this tonight. I'm going to jot this down. I'm going to remember that for later. Oh, okay. I boogered this spot up. Why did this happen? And then you learn from it. It, That's what, that's one thing that Andre DeQuisto always says, like when he, when he, when he mentioned it on a podcast that he failed a bunch of times, I was like, Andre DeQuisto failed. Like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, that, that's what made me like, okay, like that's how you learn. Like you, you fail a few times and then you learn from it. And then when the plan does come together, it's just that much more sweet, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, and that's, I mean, we all fail and I'll tell you right now, if you go in the woods and you fail and you're not interested in what happened and why you failed, I don't know if this is for you because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it will drive you crazy. Like I know that you probably have sleepless nights over bumping a deer at one point in your life thinking either, man, I went too far or damn, what the hell did I do wrong? Yeah. So I've had for sleepless nights, boogering deer <laughs> or, or, you know, messing a spot up than I even have missing a deer. So yeah. as you know, I've missed, I've missed my fair share of deer. Mm-hmm big deer too but that's a whole different story but yeah you know you just learn from it it's like what the heck you know then you start questioning things and that's how how you learn things a lot like i said that the best kind of learning is just 
teaching yourself and learning from yourself from experiences that you blew up or or that you messed up on so definitely yeah whenever your dad says don't stick the fork in the outlet and then you don't listen and he just lets you do it then you learn real quick amen (laughs) (laughs) right um but man i know i know that uh i know you're a mobile hunter i know you're real similar to, to to what i'm doing so Let's go ahead and give everybody what you got for a setup. And uh, we just want to throw this out there, too. Like this, you don't need this. This is for someone who's very interested or, you know, someone who has the money to do this. Or, you know, like I said, somebody who who really wanted wanted the best, honestly. So let's 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 go down that road. Let's do some equipment here. Um, I run the I'm sitting right by it now. She's pretty, but it's <laughs> a. Uh, a DS.5 from a Lone Wolf Custom Gear. It's mm-hmm. like a five pound stand. It's it's all water jetted out. It's just it's incredible the engineering that they put into it. But it's like five and a half pounds with the seat. And yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty small. You can get into you can get into a lot of trees with it. Even some small like spruce trees and and beech trees and stuff like that. Pine trees, whatever. Um, and then I have uh, three double steps from Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Uh, with three eighters that they have too, which is a pretty, it's a pretty expensive setup. Dude, the stands like close to 500 bucks and then it's like a hundred dollars. But that, that's one thing I can point out too, is, you know, we all started somewhere. Like I said, I I started with just, you know, hunting out of ladder stands and stuff. And then, you know, when I started to, to really get into it on public ground and stuff like that, I was carrying a 30 pound summit steel climber around, you know, trying to, trying to carry that around. And I, dude, I killed my biggest deer in a, in a climber, Yeah, big, yeah. big steel, 30 pound climber. So nothing against climbers. It's just, you know, the more I get into mobile hunting, the more I want to get into tighter spots and yeah. uh, you know, I'm not limited to a straight tree with no limbs like, a, like a climber is. Um, but one thing I can touch on is I, I own a couple, a couple other mobile stands too that are a lot cheaper um right behind me here is a lone wolf assault 2 uh with the og um lone wolf sticks um a four pack of those yeah. you can get a you can get a, a, a assault you know lone wolf assault stand and sticks for probably 400 bucks yeah you know yep and there's well um, worth the money oh it's well worth it yeah but dude i rocked that for a couple of years until i you know, really started getting in the mobile game into lighter stuff. And, yeah. you know, that, that stand is 11, 12 pounds. Um, and then your sticks are like two pounds each or something. So pretty good options there really for the price. You can, you, can, you really can't beat lone wolf um, stuff. And then I, you know, messaging you what, like a week, week and a half ago, yeah. I ended up buying that, uh, that new stand that came out from Novix, the Hilo stand. Mm-hmm. It's like a lighter, little bit smaller pretty much as salt it's like nine pounds and then i bought the double steps as well for that but that honestly did yours come yet dude it's it was supposed to get here sunday mine was too (laughs) and it's not going to get here till wednesday now so two days from now but it's not a big deal luckily it's not just and stuff like that but um, i i'm pretty sure they were backed up i'm sure they sold thousands of those like the first day they came out so oh yeah especially everybody had that code too yeah, everybody had the code to get fifteen percent off or whatever. Heck yeah! So I got that set up for four hundred bucks as well. I think I paid four hundred and fourteen bucks with shipping or something mm-hmm. like that, which is incredible because 
four four double steps, four mm-hmm. double sticks, um, and in that small stand, you can't beat it. Like, no. yeah, that'll there. that'll be a real good backup setup for you. But um, yeah, you were saying about the lone with full sticks, and I actually. I have some double steps and I have the lone with full steps. And usually what I do is I run, I'll run uh, three of either two or three. It depends where I'm going of the double steps and, or not the double steps. I'm sorry. The full length, three step uh, lone wolf, the OGs. And yep. man, I'll tell you what, I've tried a lot of other ones and don't get me wrong. Like they're, they're nice too, but I am so used to using that setup and I run daisy chains on them. And yep. I mean, I am in a hurry. Like I can get up that tree now and I'm hunting at 15, 16 feet like right now. Yep. And that's the only reason I really haven't switched to anything else because I mean, I got it down packed and I bought that saddle two years ago and I like it, but I'm not going to be one of these guys that tell you like these guys, they're like, oh, it's the end all be all. No, 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 it's right. not. It's definitely not. I tell you that. It's nice, yeah, there, but there's this thing going around right now with, with, you know, first it was public land versus private. Like if you don't hunt public, mm-hmm. you know, you're not doing it right. It's oh, you, you killed 160 on private. Who cares? I killed 130 on public. Right. Like who, like, it's just it, the hunting community right now is like, yep. and, and you know, the hunting public did awesome for the hunting community, but I think they're, I think they're the ones that are pushing, you know, hunt public ground. And then it makes it harder for guys that have always hunted public ground you know because everybody and their brother's out on public now right but and then you have this thing right now you know it switched to well saddle versus you know hang on stand saddles so much cooler and if you don't hunt out of a saddle you're not whatever it's like dude just just hunt like people are making it too people are making it just just too one-sided it's just like Bro, just go hunt. I'll tell you the funniest thing is, like I say, my old man is stuck in his ways, and he's a freaking killing machine, dude. No doubt. Like he's got, yep. <laughs> he's got deer on deer on deer, and they're all big bucks. And there's me and my brother. We're dragging his 15 foot ladder stand all over the world, <laughs> and yep. I mean that's all he hunts out of. Like he don't, <laughs> he is stubborn, man. I can't get him in. I can. I got the nicest hang ons for him to 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 sit in and all that stuff. And nope, he wants his 15 foot. <laughs> ladder stand he don't care if we walk at two miles in the woods it's that's where it's going <laughs> yeah and that's dude honestly that's another goal of mine like i think i was just trying too hard last year everything had to come and everything had to come into place like i had to have this i had to have that like yeah. i'm gonna i'm still gonna rock my mobile setup because that's what i do on public like mm-hmm. Yeah. You're allowed to leave stands and stuff on public but i'm not trying to get a 200 stand i feel you stand stolen so still gonna rock rock my mobile setup but i think i'm just gonna go back to the basics dude just just go out like the, the year i killed my big buck i had my climber with me and i just walked in the woods never been in that wood before you know i marked it on my map but just went off complete sign saw a couple rubs found a scrape set up there and then i killed that buck that night it's like that's just sometimes what you got to do sometimes we try too hard Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, well, we have to have this. We have to hunt this spot with this wind. And it's like sometimes you just you got to throw your throw your stand on the on your back or your saddle or whatever you're hunting with, grab your bow and just go in the woods and just you know find find the hottest sign. I know that's a lot of times Dan Infault doesn't even run cams or nothing. He just hunts off the the hottest sign and he kills big deer. Well, you that's know, it's it's like Nike says, what is it like? Just do it or whatever. Just just hunt. Do. Just hunt, man. 
just because yep. you're, you're right. You know, if you if you sit and play that game, well, the wind's got to be right, and the thermals aren't right, and it's raining, and and I farted there three days ago, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can't yep. sometimes. You know, and I and I do it too. Like I know the wind ain't right. I don't give a crap. If I need, if I something's telling me to go hunt, I'm I'm going in and I'm going to hunt that spot. I don't care. Yep, exactly. So, because I've killed deer times I've shouldn't have killed deer, and I mean I've had deer. You know what whatever was going on. I don't know if the thermals changed or or the wind must have shifted for ten minutes or whatever. Other I've had deer walk right up the way they shouldn't have come, and they died. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I can't think that you put, always put it on there because there is, at some point, we can all say that we're good hunters and, and and whatnot, and we put our time in and we're experienced with certain things and stuff. But sometimes, you just gotta horse you up your ass, man, and it just happens. Yep. So. Yep. Sometimes it just lines up for you, and you can do everything wrong, but it still line up for you. So. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, so. Well, man. I don't want to keep you too much longer here. Um, before you go, though, for sure, uh, let's go back over the Ridge Raised Outdoors page and uh, give everybody uh, a spot that they can find where you guys are doing everything, and uh, sure. we'll put an end to it. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. I Absolutely, think we had a pretty good, pretty good conversation. Oh, and yeah. Definitely have to do this again. I'll probably have to have you on my yeah, no problem, podcast, man. too. We can I'd enjoy figure that. out a topic. But, but anyway, um, yeah. If you guys want to jump on, uh, we're on Instagram. You just search Ridge Raised Outdoors. Um, it's pretty easy to find, and you know, just our logos on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, same thing, um, and then YouTube. Like I said, is our is our big thing. That's where we post a lot of our videos and public land hunting, and that's kind of where I where I want to push people to go anyway. Like I do the social media thing; it's cool and all, but right. my my big thing, you know, from from day one was was the youtube thing and i'm trying to push that and just you know our, our thing is just you know just putting god first and that's what i said earlier with the whole tick thing like i think it was just meant to be that i was feeling like crap and then you know yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy illness it was just you know just had lyme disease that's it and luckily i found it early but but yeah man it's just you know we i got we got the podcast too we're on uh we're on, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're mm-hmm. on Spotify, just a bunch of stuff. If you just search Ridge Raised Outdoors, I think I just had an episode, which you mentioned earlier, was a really good episode with Jake Bush. Yeah. Um, he's a, I'm sure you guys have heard of him if, you, if you've listened to podcasts or if you're a, into deer hunting, but he killed a giant out in Ohio. And we discussed that. We discussed wind thermals and stuff like that. And pretty good episode. And there, there's a couple of good guests I have on there. I think I'm like, I only think I'm like, 11 or it might be like 13 episodes deep or something like that but so we got that but yeah if you guys want to want to get on youtube and check us out just search that and i know my big big uh buck hunts on that as well um maybe you can put a link into that dude yeah on your absolutely man and your bio or whatever yep. but yeah that's where you guys can find me but if you also want to find me on um you know my personal page i have uh instagram and facebook just search kurt c-u-r-t delatry d-e-l-a-t-t-r-e and yeah just message me on there if you guys have any questions either way i'm i'm willing to answer anything you guys got and yeah man i think we just need to get together and come together and all you know help each other out absolutely stuff like that so 
Well, brother, I wish you luck this season, and I know you and I will be in contact. But like Kurt said, For you sure. know, if you guys have any questions, you guys want to shoot at him. Um, he's he said the doors open, guys. You know, let him fly and uh, yep. get a hold of him. And if you got any questions for me, you guys know I always answer them as quick as I can get to them. But thank you so much for coming on, brother. I had a good time, and and I I knew we'd have a good time with Deer Talk, man. I I'm like one of them guys. I can't get enough of it. So for sure, I can talk all night, but <laughs> I got to get to bed because I work early in the morning. Yeah, and me too. Got to get the work done. So me too, cool, man. man. I appreciate you having me. Um, definitely have to have you on ours here pretty soon. I got a couple guys lined up in the next couple of weeks here, but Sweet. you know, maybe, maybe the end of summer or something, we can hook up and talk about your goals and, yeah, and man. a couple other things like that. So absolutely. Cool, man. All right, man. Well, Appreciate thanks it, for coming on and, uh, uh, we'll have you back on soon. Have a good night, man. Sounds good, man. You too. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Well, guys, that wraps it up. And another episode has come to an end for the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I, highly 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 thank you guys for joining me again on another podcast and please if you could do me a huge solid go over to whatever platform you're listening to on like comment and subscribe i would greatly appreciate if you do those things for me and once again i want to thank you for listening until next time god bless